We'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for January 16th, 2023. And I'll go ahead and open us up with the strategic warfare prayer. Father God in heaven, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come against and oppose all satanic operations, manipulations, subversions, tactics, and plans which are designed to hinder, prevent, or frustrate God's original plans and purposes from their swift manifestation taking place in their correct time and season. We come against all satanic alliances and confederations worldwide. Let every evil effort and endeavor fail by them. Cause the news media to be caught in their own lying and manipulation so that only truth can be brought forth. We ask that every satanic strategy of prohibition and limitation placed upon the body of Christ by the dark side shall not prevail. We pray all invisible and visible walls of opposition, restriction, and delay will be destroyed. O Lord, confound the devices and the wicked plans of the enemy that they have crafted so that their hands are not able to perform their evil enterprise. Save those that can be saved, O Lord, but those that cannot be saved, overtake them in their own crafty and devious ways. Let them fall into the pits that they have dug for the righteous. Let the fire of God devour them and let them turn on and consume one another and have them in total confusion and derision. We loose the hosts of heaven to war against the hosts of darkness to bring an end to all deceptive and secretive and destructive measures designed to destroy all of God's creation and defile the world. According to 1 John 3, 8, for this reason was the Son of God made manifest that he would destroy the works of the enemy. Father God, overrule all strategies, tactics, and curses of the enemy by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood. And overthrow all spoken words, enchantments, divinations, spells, hexes, vexes, curses, witchcraft prayers, and every idle word spoken contrary to God's original plans and purposes, according to Isaiah 54, 17. And break the curses associated with all these ceremonies, rituals, utterances, and destroy their plans to bring about a chaotic, bloody revolution in worldwide and to usher in martial law and the new world order. Father God, we pray their plans shall be uncovered and shall not prevail and shall be frustrated and unable to, unable to achieve any impact and that their wickedness and violent verbal dealings would return upon their own heads, according to Psalm 716. Father God, we humbly ask you to reveal every hidden agenda, plan, and cover-up in the secret shadow government regarding their attempts to manipulate end-time events, which would lead to the destruction of your Christians and the innocent. Please send divine, powerful, angelic forces against their diabolical planes to expose and destroy them. We dispatch legions of warring angels and any other kinds of angels that are necessary to enforce your perfect will on the United States of America and upon all the earth. Release your divine strategies and revelations upon any righteous person and government worldwide. Fill them with your Holy Spirit and cause your divine wisdom and courage to come upon them. Cause them to be like a holy trumpet shedding light upon the dark, hidden secrets of the wicked. Send a spirit of confusion amongst the camp of the enemy. Let their tongues be divided, and when they communicate, let it be incoherent and misunderstood. Arrest those that operate in the spirit of Jezebel or Belial and all other wicked spirits, and cause them to be caught in their own lies and conspiracies. Let them not be able to resist the spirit of truth or gain any ground in the natural or spiritual realm. Cause every evil spirit that is released from their diabolical assignments to be cast into the abyss, until which time they then be cast into the lake of fire, and that none would be able to come to take their place. Please cause these prayers and all future prayers to take on the characteristics of divine projectiles in the spirit realm so that they will accomplish your divine will. We seal this prayer by the blood of the Lamb and ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen. Okay, so getting right into it. Um, first report is U.S. to host largest ever satanic gathering. Now, we'll see if that's what it, you know, pans out to be. But this is what they're billing it as. The Satanic Temple Group has announced on social media that SatanCon, 
like Comic-Con and those other conventions they have. This is SatanCon of 2023 will take place at the end of the April, end of April in Boston, Massachusetts. Now, believe we reported on this last year and uh I there was a lot of I believe prayer and supplications and things of this nature going up against this and it from what I the reports I saw back it really fizzled out. I mean, I think it was in Arizona and I praise God for that. So again, I want to make my listeners aware of this. This is, again, to take place at the end of April in Boston, Massachusetts. Dubbed the largest satanic gathering in history, this year's convention will celebrate the temple's 10th anniversary. Those who show up, though, to the Hexanacht in Boston, which is what they're billing it as. So just so you know what that is, the Hexanacht literally mean, means witch's night in German is a somewhat obscure holiday relative to a widely known eight sabbats of the Wiccan year. Again, I've done teachings on how Easter or Ishtar, how Xmas associated with Yule and, you know, the winter solstice, how that's all connected. Most of the holidays we celebrate are holy days on the Wiccan calendar. Most, the vast majority are wicked they were always pagan they were never christian but they were christianized by the catholic church so that they could bring in both their pagan adherents and their unknowing christian people into their black death cult catholicism going all the way back to i believe 318 a.d when Constantine kind of got the ball rolling for the Catholic Church. So, um, yeah, exactly six months apart from Samhain, uh, which is October 31st, Hexanot was historically, which is the highest, you know, Halloween, Halloween. Well, it's it's exactly six months apart from Samhain on um, April 30th. So this is very occultically significant holiday for them because they do everything by dates and full moons and all this other stuff they go by okay um it was historically recognized as a day to protect oneself against witches and it's since been reclaimed as a celebration of the witch ah so it kind of went from one extreme to the other there and I'm, I wasn't really planning on doing a whole lot. But I think you get the idea. Um, why witches celebrate Hexanot? To reconnect with yourself as a witch. To ground yourself as a witch. So that's what that's a little bit about this Helliday um, or pagan holy day known as Hexanot. But if you show up to this Hexanoct in Boston, which is the same time as they're having their Satan Con 2023 on April 28th, we will have you will have to wear an N95 or KN95 or disposable surgical mask because they're still so COVID satanically compliant. I guess Satan can't protect them from the big bad, you know, COVID virus. You would think that, you know, they could have faith in Satan to do that, but I guess not. 
And this is according to the, the convention website. So that's very important that you have to wear your, your surgical masks. Other details such as the exact venue in the historic downtown, the schedule of events, the names of speakers have yet to be provided. After holding the first ever SatanCon last year in Arizona, the Satanic Temple is moving the event closer to its international headquarters in nearby Salem, Massachusetts, where they had the Salem witch trials in the late 1600s. The temple claims it has around 2,500 members in the Boston area alone. The group insists it doesn't actually believe in the devil, though. Okay, well, what do you call Satan? Isn't, isn't that the quintessential essence of the devil? And literally on their site, they've got pictures of like, and I didn't want to really post the uh, the pictures, but I give you a link. This is Russia Today reporting on this. I mean, they, they're reporting on this. And in, in, in the pictures you're looking at, you see the satanic temple with the baphomet uh thing five-pointed uh pentagram upside down star in the middle uh again for not believing in satan they sure have a lot of pictures of him it, it's called the satanic temple they have hail satan on shirts that they sell but they don't believe in the devil okay that's and they call Christians hypocrites. I mean, wow, I, I unbelievable. Uh, they have also declared abortion as a fundamental religious right and argued that any state laws restricting this murderous practice is unfairly discriminating against their members to murder their own babies. Yeah, again, no hypocrisy there whatsoever. The temple is best known for filing lawsuits against local and state authorities claiming infringement of religious freedoms when their demands to deliver satanic invocations or display satanic statues on public property are rejected. Again, somebody that, you know, a good one to add to your prayer list to pray against these fork-tongued devils. Uh, the next report is, where are the men? Manhood is a virtue lost in America today. All of the culture, including American Christianity, has suppressed and ridiculed manhood. Many forget what manhood actually means. To be a man, to fulfill the God-created order intended for man, to follow Christ and to represent his image. That's what manhood should be. Manhood is not about appearance, material possessions, or puffed-up chests. It is about character. We lack men of character today. Those willing to stand in the gap, interpose for the helpless, just look at how many put on the mask and got the jab. That compliance alone shows the dearth of manhood in America. This is Pastor Matt Trewila, and he had a sermon called Where the Men, a Tumult, a Study, Acts uh, 17 through 1 through 15. Anyway, I give you the link to that sermon, but I'm going to play this short video where he kind of gives you an introduction into this. As our government has become more lawless, a popular question, popular question has become, where are the men? People are asking this question because most of those showing up at public hearings to confront the tyranny are women. Hence the question, where are the men? First off, understand that men have been under attack by design of the government for over 50 years here in America. A short perusal of our laws, policies, and court opinions demonstrate that. Entertainment news media reveal that. 
We live in a matriarchal hell. And worse yet, the vast majority of churchmen have joined the state and the men-haters in effeminizing men via their mimini, pimini pulpits. The spirituality of churchmen now is measured by how soft and ladylike they are. Yet, the question remains legitimate. Where are the men? And more pointedly, where are the men who fear God and have love and fealty to Christ? The men who cannot live in peaceful coexistence with the idols and evils and tyrants who trample the law and word of God. Where are they? The book of Acts reveals a Christianity wholly opposite of the current form of Christianity. In Acts 17, for example, there is a conflict between the people of Thessalonica and the Christians. The Jews and the evil men gathered there against Paul and Silas and the Christians, accused the Christians to the civil authorities, stating, quote, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. End of quote. So that kind of goes against the whole do whatever the state, the twisting of Romans 13, where do whatever you know the government tells you to do because there's no biblical mandate to ever resist even if it's a totally satanic government telling you to do things totally 100 percent polar opposite to the scriptures you obey the scriptures no matter what the cost is what the bible clearly indicates so there that the context of romans 13 is when the government is a force for good and so many times now, they're not. They're a force for evil. Now, I've done a whole teaching on this called just Can Romans 13 at ContendingForTruth.com in the search box, and you'll, you'll find it. This is classic Christianity in action. True Christianity confronts the false religions and paganism of the cultures, whether it's with the Jews and evil men here in chapter 17, or the followers of Diana in chapter 19, or the streets of post-Christian America in our day. True Christianity comes into conflict with the religion and idols of cultures. True Christianity confronts the idols and evils and tyrants of nations. These who have turned the world upside down, this means those who are declaring something contrary to what we have known. To them, this was an attack upon their filthy way of life, a possible end to their status quo. They have turned the world upside down. They are acting contrary to Caesar's decrees. They are declaring another king's rule. And this brings a conflict. And we have to ask, where are these kind of men in our day? The world is screaming for these kind of men. Men who love God, who have fealty to Christ, men who will speak, men who will act. But most church- if necessary, die. I'm just gonna throw that in. Because you have to have that kind of resolve. You, you, you This isn't something, you know, remember, remember, God's gonna vomit the lukewarm out of his mouth, according to Revelation 3. And I'm not saying that because I'm Mr. Big and Bad and I'm what I just telling you guys, that's this is as a man, as a Christian man, that's your reasonable service. If it if it comes to that, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. So that may be what is required in the days and times ahead. Now, that is not a sermon you're gonna hear very many places. Sorry, 
You're just not. Now, the Bible also says, and Jesus said this, that pray that you be counted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon the earth and to stand before the Son of Man. And, and he said that in context with the end times, I believe Matthew 24. So there's balance as well. Men and Christian men in our day want nothing to do with conflict. They do not want to confront the idols and evil and tyrants of their day. They teach that we should conform to the evil edicts of Caesar, that there should never be a conflict. And if there is, those Christians causing it are bad Christians, that we are always to obey the state, that conflict is bad, confrontation should be avoided, accommodation and appeasement should be sought. Okay, so that was actually um, Luke 21:36 which is exactly the same end times contact watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the son of man so and anyway just i wanted to be accurate with that let's go back to this the effeminate who fill america's pulpits in our days sit in their pious rot swallowing camels Ugh. and straining at naps We're showing this abomination presbyterian church with all these abomination pastors they've literally got these long flowing robes that they wear and then and then some of them have you know those i guess they're called sashes or those little things they put around their necks and one the guy in the middle has a gay it's like a gay flag type of sash around his neck with women preachers men preach i mean it's just an absolute total hodgepodge abomination according to what the word the standards the word of god lays down and it is grievous to the hearts of men. And so I ask again, where are these men? We must shake ourselves, brothers. Where are these men? We must be those men. We must be those men in our day. We must shake ourselves free, brothers, from American Christianity. It is nothing more than a cheap whore which will sell itself for a morsel, consumed with its narcissism and its consumerism and its pedestalism. Brethren, we must be those kind of men. We need a move of the Holy Spirit in our lives, brothers. Let us speak, let us act, let us confront. Let us not flee from the conflict, but rather let our hearts burn within us when we see the law and word of God being impugned by men and the governments of men. And may we confront it. Let us be those men. Thank you for taking time to listen to this important message. Please click on the link in the detail box below to listen to the sermon out of Acts 17 entitled, Where Are the Men? I preached it just before the so-called pandemic back in February of 2020. And from there, you can listen to all my sermons from the book of Acts. Okay, so I give you that link as well um, in the PDF for this date. And then his his website is defytyrantsoneword.com. Defytyrants.com. And I, he's got like a, uh, he sends out, I don't know, one or two emails a week, email list type of thing. I, I also have a, a newsletter um, that you can subscribe to at contendingfortruth.com. It's on the right-hand side. I don't do separate health and Christian newsletters anymore. I would just click both boxes, go there and click both boxes and, and you'll get 
any newsletter I put out, which is really, I combine them all into one now. I know I need to change that. Um, it's a little bit dicey to make those types of changes with the email and the website together. So for now, I'm just going to leave it alone. But suffice it to say, just click both boxes and, and you should get the, the emails. And if you've been unsubscribed for who knows what reason, I do believe these emails have been targeted. Or if you haven't gotten any emails from me in a while, go to contendingfortruth.com and resubscribe. I, I can't, people email me all the time asking me to subscribe to the newsletter. And for me to do that, it is a gigantic uh, ordeal. You need to do that. It's simple. Just go to the thing, uh, the website, and, and and just subscribe there. It's free. You know, everything's free and um, on the site pretty much. And, and uh, hopefully that will get you back on the list. And if you're still not getting them, check your spam filter, any spam filters you might have. Because like I said, our, our emails have been targeted, I believe, for a long time. Now. Bible verses on effeminate men and women and children ruling over men in society. Because all of that goes hand in hand, essentially. When, when you see a society under judgment, these principles will be largely at play. So, Jeremiah 51, 29, And the land shall tremble in sorrow, for every purpose of the Lord shall be performed against Babylon. And, and we're a lot like Babylon. Now, I know there's a lot of controversy. Is America, I'm not, that's not the debate here. I'm just saying we're, America, the world at large is a lot like Babylon. Okay. For every purpose of the Lord shall be performed against Babylon. To make the land of Babylon a desolation without inhabitant. The mighty men of Babylon have forbone to fight. Doesn't that sound like a lot like what pastor was just talking about there? The mighty men. They've, they've forebone. They, they won't fight. They have remained in their holds, meaning they're in their houses. They're not going to fight. They're, they're cowering. Their might have failed. They became as women. Hmm. They became as women. Now, this is not a knock against women. This is not what women are called to do. L go out into literal battle. I mean, in this particular context, this is literal battle on the battlefield. Now, I'm not saying women don't battle in prayer or, or in other ways. I'm just saying in this context, we're dealing with the literal battlefield, okay? Um, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor, nor for, fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind... Now, in the King James, what that, that phraseology, the abusers of, of themselves with mankind, what that means, and you can lump effeminate in with this as well, uh, is one who lies with a male as with a female, a sodomite, a homosexual. Okay, that's all, in effeminate, it's, it's a little bit more complex. It's more like, you know, uh, taking on the attributes of a woman and acting as a woman in you know, the Bible says here in Jeremiah 51, 30, they became as women. And these were the, the mighty men of Babylon. So in a society where you see this degradation, this um, demonization of anything, particularly biblically masculine, I don't mean about some guy dominating his wife and beating his wife and, and, and you know, I'm, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about biblical masculinity type of thing. 
okay? Um, just like there's biblical femininity. Both of those things are good. But see, Satan is always going to seek to pervert, to say, oh no, you know, white is black, black is white, good is evil. And woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. And that puts sweet for bitter and bitter for sweet. That's why the Bible says, woe unto them. But obviously, if you're going to have a society where the devil is, is essentially trying to impose his will and take over and impose his system, you're going to see a perverting of anything good and a de demonization of anything and a twisting of it. That's what we're seeing here. So the abusers of themselves of mankind, the outline of biblical usage is, is a um, like a homosexual. Now, that would also include lesbians, women with women, men with men. And you can go to Romans to, to look at that. Where it talks Romans 1, where it talks about them being turned over to a reprobate mind. The latter half of Romans 1 is all about that. Men with men, women with women, and, and what that turns them into, essentially. It's not good. It's massive amounts of devils and demons infesting them, and at play there. So... Then it goes on to say, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Notice I said drunkards. We're not to be got there getting drunk, guys. I don't drink at all. Now, I can't say that was always the case, but I, I just, I don't mess with that at all. I, I don't, I did way too much of that when I was younger and I have a proclivity to like it way too much. So I don't even put myself in a position where I'm tempted regarding that whole matter of, of drinking, okay? I don't mess around with that. Um, I'm not saying if somebody had a glass of wine, and I understand they had wine with, with probably their meals a lot in you know Jesus' day, and he turned the water into wine. I get that. I, I do believe the wine back then, from the research I've seen, was of a weaker version than it is today. Um, but, and I've done a whole study on this, um, alcohol, wine, you can do the keyword search on that, but we're not to be drunk though with wine, wherein is that, therein is excess, be not drunk with wine, there is, that's a Bible verse. So the Bible warns a ton about wine, strong drink, and the vast majority of things the Bible says about alcohol are warnings, warning, warning, warning. Um, especially in like Proverbs and those types of things. So, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you're washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Now, that doesn't mean we do these things though. And, you know, because we think we have the liberty to do them, use not your liberty for an occasion of the flesh. So, going to the next set of verses, Isaiah 3.11. Woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. As for my people, okay, so this, it, this was a time in Isaiah when this was written, where these were God's people. And this is what happened has happened to God's people at that time of the writing of Isaiah 3. Children are their oppressors and women rule over them. 
my oh my people they which lead thee cause thee to err so whenever you have children ruling over like the parents and those around them and we're and we're getting more and more of that and then women ruling over society at large well they which lead thee will cause thee to err it's headship it's out of order from a headship standpoint now i understand you can say well where's the sorry men i mean he just talked about that the pastor just talked about that where where are the men i mean the women are the most of the ones showing up at a lot of these town hall meetings and stuff like that so it's not like the men are to blame for letting this whole mess happen because that really is the right now is there a gigantic agenda against biblical masculinity sure i've, I've talked a lot about that it's multifaceted obviously uh, but they which lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths so this is not something that is good when you have women pastors Okay, when it's very, very clear in the Bible, in the King James Bible, that the, the, the pastor, the bishop, the elder, or the deacon, all the major offices in the church are to be the husband of one wife. Never does it say they're to be the wife of one husband. That's a foregone conclusion. Okay, there's no pastors, bishops, elders, or deacons in the New Testament. It's all male headship, biblical male headship. And I understand that's hard to find. It's hard to find when, when the vast majority of churches are part of this big 501c3 corporation mess, which has to go to the government to get its right to exist as a, quote, ministry. I've never done that. I never will. Ever. And it's one of the reasons I think my thinking is, is way more unclouded than... And it doesn't mean, again, I'm putting myself in a pedestal. I'm just saying, if they had done it, they, their thinking would be way more unclouded. I mean, to me, a lot of these issues we cover on a week-to-week -week basis, doesn't it just seem like common sense? It's not like, oh, wow, I'm so smart. It's just like common sense. But of whom a man has overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. And if you learn from the seminary, that you go and you do like all the pastors before you since whenever the 40s or whenever that mess kicked in with the 501c3 corporate church system. And I'm sure this is true in, in Canada and UK and wherever this has reared its ugly head. If that's all you've ever known and you have men above you that you respect that have done it and you think, well, that's the, good enough for them is good enough for me. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and that maketh flesh his arm and his heart departed from the Lord. And I don't mean they're all cursed. I just am saying you, you need to do your own research. You really do on this one. Because to me, that's where a lot of this garbage came in and started. Anything with two heads is a monster. And if the state gives you your right ex to, to exist as a ministry and you're profiteering off that on top of it because of the 501c3 tax exemptions and the fact that your parishioners can write it off on their taxes and the fact that you might get subsidies from it as a ministry you're profiteering off that that's the satanic carrot to get you to do it and not only that oh well i'll be shunned by my peers and I'll, i could care less about any of that stuff but that's just me you know i mean that's not what should motivate us is there is there any bible for 
for 501c corporate type of ministries in the in the New Testament, in the New Testament church? Were they yoking up? Were they going to the state to get their right to exist? That would be laughable. He just talks to, talked about the book of Acts and how they weren't going with the decrees of Caesar. How they're going against them. And for most of them, it only cost them their lives in, in a horrible way that they were martyred. That's all it cost them. No big deal, right? Oh, it is a big deal. If if mine costs me the same amount, if I have to be martyred to do, well, may the Lord's will be done. Just give me the strength, Lord, when, when that day comes and, and, you know, to do whatever you're calling me to do. Children, as from my people, children are their oppressors, and the and the women rule over them. And what happens as a result of that? They which lead thee, which are the children and the women, will cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. Because it's out of order. It's not that women and children are necessarily evil, it's just that it's out of order. And I will give children to be their princes and babes shall rule over them. I think Chick has a track on that. It's about the end times where it has this really evil kid that, you know, everybody's living in fear over the children. Yeah. And then verse Isaiah 3, verse 5 says, And the people shall be oppressed, and every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient, meaning against the, the elders, and, their, and the base against the honorable. Base meaning basis, it's, it's like a degenerate. When you see those things going on in society, you know that society is under God's judgment. Now, along these lines, this just, I just added this in last minute. The new normal. This is what I entitled the for this. The new normal. Men dressing up as women. Giving humanity a satanic morality lesson. Internet slams the dystopian nightmare of trans-owned Miss Universe. Our Bonnie Gabriel from the United States just became the new Miss Universe in New Orleans, Louisiana. On Saturday night, receiving the crown from last year's winner, um, from India. There was a marked difference, though, with the 71st edition of this beauty pageant. When the new Miss Universe from the United States was crowned, she was the first winner under the new pageant owner's name. I'm just, just call her Ann JKN. Her last name, I don't even want to try to pronounce. She's from like India or something, and I would butcher it. So Ann JKN is the new owner of the uh, Miss Olympia. And a guy named Jack Posobiec posted a uh, Twitter and it said, you must accept the transgender Miss Universe or you are a bigot. Now, he's not for it, but um, I'm going to play this. Now, this, you're going to hear the new owner, the newly minted owner of the Miss Universe. And you, it looks like a woman dressed very scantily clad, but it's a man. 
it's amazing what they these surgeries and all the i mean i guess if, if you've got the millions she's a millionaire what they can do to create to transform a man looking like now it's 100 percent male dna it doesn't matter what this devil does this abomination on two legs does doesn't matter what it will ever do to try to call itself a woman the fact remains is it's DNA of all of its organs, all of its tendons, all of its ligaments, its brain, its eyes, every single aspect of this thing is 100% male DNA. And there's nothing this thing can do to change that. And um, I think when you hear its voice, it'll, it'll resonate even a little bit more. I'm going to play this 45 second clip here. Now, this is this, this is the new owner giving an announcement and i think this is right maybe right after the the miss universe contest was concluded the winner was announced and he's going to give us this little satanic morality lesson now what's organization from now on it's going to be ran by women ran women owned by one's woman all women all women even though it's a man it's going to be run by woman. Oh, hold, hold on. You're a man. You got 100% male DNA. There is nothing you can do about that. And the women out there are all cheering because they're wicked, because they're evil, because they're demon infested, if not possessed. Those are demons you're hearing, essentially. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. They love evil. They have no fear. There's no fear of God before their eyes. There's none at all. And the demons in them love the demons in this abomination because they know it's so against nature. They know it's so out of order deep down. Yet they'll call it something good and something liberal and oh, look at us, haven't we progressed so long and hasn't feminism been great and now we've got transgenders and they're taking over. Hey, look at Sodom and Gomorrah. It, it turned out well for them, you know? And it's ironic that Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot, meaning Sodom and Gomorrah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. The two most wicked things that took Two most wicked societies that you can really go back to in the Old Testament. Sodom and Gomorrah, the days of Lot, and the days of Noah, Genesis 6, when the sons of man saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, they took them wise, all that they chose, and they bore them these Nephilim freak hybrid giants. And God had to destroy the whole earth, all living things, because they had so defiled the earth, and hit the reset button on the ark with the eight people and the animals. That's how bad it got there. But see, devils and demons celebrate that. They love that. They love the destruction of humanity. They love the fact that we're created in God's image and we'll have abominations on two legs like this that supposedly try to transform themselves into a woman, even though it's got 100% male DNA. Any kind of twisting of God's creation, they love and they'll cheer and they'll celebrate. Women. This is somebody recording that you're hearing that, her voice in the background. This is wild. 
I mean, can you even tell it's a woman? Sounds like a guy, right? Well, it is a guy. Can't change those vocal cords, I guess. <laughs> Sounds like, you know, a linebacker from the Chicago Bears. Diverse cultures, social inclusion, Ugh. gender equality, Ugh. creativity, the force for good, and of course, the beauty. Again, one of them they call evil good and good evil. That's all this abomination is doing. Of humanity. Whoa, you really got deep there. You really, the, like a baritone type of uh, voice, you know, that with those barbershop quartets, he could be like the the baritone, the really deep one, you know, that always sings the bass. He could do it. This this dude could pull it off. Welcome to the mission. Okay, so that was it. Um, the the quotes, um, you know, are from what I can see. Or I mean. Pretty much uh, all negative. It's a man. Cancel Miss Universe. It's inherently racist. The winner is always from Earth. <laughs> it's true. They're, they're making fun, you know. Um, oh my word! I mean, yeah. They, these are these are some funny comments. <laughs> We're beating women at their own game. <laughs> so pitiful. You got the transgender in sports taking over women's sports, and you know what about what about real women's rights? You got all these transgenders posing as women and they're men. And it's like they're taking over the 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 realm of real women. It's again, it's just everything if it's if it's good it's evil. In the brave new world we're coming into. The millionaire, this abomination you just heard, whose Thai-based company JKN Global Group purchased the pageant in October 2022 may confuse some with her deep masculine baritone voice. In effect, the mother, quote, mother of two. Oh, oh my. Well, I guarantee you, he is not their biological mother. Uh, this and JKN, again, I'm not going to try to pronounce the real name here. 43 years old, is transgender. His company acquired Miss Universe from Endeavor Group Holdings, owned IMG Worldwide, who in turn had purchased it from good old Donald Trump. And we already heard her say this. She, he said, I don't call Miss Universe a beauty pageant anymore. I call it woman's empowerment competition. I would almost guarantee you that in the next, if not next year, it's a transgender that will win it. Because that's already happening in the in these beauty contests. Transgenders are winning these things now. So I think we're only a year or two max from that. I mean, come on, you look at who you got as your head. You've got a transgendered man at the head. Obviously, if we want to take this to the next level, it'll be a a transgender winner. In fact, it'll probably get to the point where they're all transgender. You know. Uh, this businesswoman, with the emphasis on man, claims to be a role model in her country. Applauding the fact that Thailand, in Thailand, they really celebrate trans people. Well, they're godless and they're pagan for the most part. 
So that really shouldn't be a big surprise. However, the speech pushing empowerment made by a biological male did not impress internet users who tuned in to watch the final of a beauty pageant that positions itself run by women for women. It's not run. It's run by a man posing as a woman. So that the irony, you know. Others were amazed at how women in the audience were clapping while they should be angry. A wave of indignant comments swept the internet. Okay, and along the same lines, I got this comment uh, recently, question from a longtime listener, and I'm making this totally anonymous, uh, but it's what is happening in my church. And I added in everyone, on the subjects of everyone speaking in tongues, laying hands suddenly on others, and men and women acting unbiblical. And the reason I, I'll expand the titles on these a lot of times is because if you do a keyword search for something like tongues, this will make it much easier to find. If, if I don't include that in that little title, it won't search the uh, the studies, the table of contents, and it won't show up when you do a search for it. Okay. She goes on to say, my name is, and I left her name out, I've been a listener since the age of 12. <laughs> so she's been a listener of mine for a while. I am now 23, okay? So we got like 11 years there. Married and have two wonderful children. I enjoy and appreciate the teachings and warnings. So you're the only person I could think of to answer these questions on a biblical level. Not to say I'm, I'm the only one, but she was the only, she thought of me first. We started attending many churches in, and again, I'm gonna leave the location out. It's, it's in America. In search of some place to worship on Sundays. I have two kids and want them to have influence of Christ outside of a home. I am also very aware that the wrong church and people can do more harm than good spiritually. Yes. We're going to be going over a lot of Bible verses on this one. We found a church called, again, I left the name out. The first time we went, uh, me and my husband went to the altar to pray and we were ambushed by people laying hands on us, praying, and they spoke tongues over us. Now, that is totally demonic. These people don't know you from Adam, and they're coming up laying hands and speaking tongues over you? Bad, bad, bad. I'm going to show you biblically why that is horrible. It was uncomfortable, but my husband said it. He felt on fire, literally, like physically. Yeah, well, uh, the reason he felt on fire was, I do not believe it was from God, because I have a lot of scripture to prove that, and God is not the author of confusion. He said it was good, and he wanted to go back. As we've been attending, I started to notice some weird things with women, the women specifically. They yell out in tongues. And often it's not even interpreted. They jump up and down. They go up in front and put on a show. I mean, they cry loudly. They do all kinds of sweeping hand motions, jumping jacks, the whole nine yards. I mean, are they go? I hope they're at least doing the full calisthenics program. Like, you know, you got your push ups, you got your sit ups. I hope they've got a chin bar there so they can, you know, because you don't, you wouldn't want to just work on one area. You know, you kind of want to like do the whole body so that thing's way the muscle groups don't get out of balance and a chin bar is a good way to hit biceps and upper back and stuff like that and maybe they could have a squat rack there too you know really work the legs right in calf raises I, I don't know just i'm just thinking out loud so um going on to say that um i mean they cry loudly they do a kind of sweeping hand motions jumping jacks and the whole nine yards 
this has my spirit feeling uneasy and I wanted some advice if it's not too much to ask. I am truly uncomfortable and would appreciate some biblical perspective. Thank you. My response, please don't go there. <laughs> First thing, okay? That is totally unbiblical and evil what they did. I have been in a similar church before and never went back. I mean, what you are describing about is exactly what happened to me and a group of Christians that I brought to a similar church many years ago in Florida before I was in ministry. This is totally evil and out of order. Um, now, what happened to me, and you've probably heard me say this before, but for those that it's first time maybe listening to me or, or um, maybe recently, when I came out of the charismatic church, um, I had about, I think, nine or ten people that came out with me. I had showed them a videotape on the King James Bible um, and uh, it was New Age Bible versions and it was very very compelling really good research now I don't really recommend Gail Ripplinger anymore she really got prideful and really went off when she first came out she had a, a very a very good air of humility and man I saw the pride come on her and sure enough she she went off the deep end as far as I'm concerned. Her early stuff in the book New Age Bible Verses, though, I believe is meticulously done and very good regarding that whole subject. Anyway, I showed him a, a tape on Gail Ripplinger and I also showed that because I had a, I taught a Wednesday night Bible study, even though I was basically a baby Christian. Ugh. Anyway, um, so, but I had zeal and, and I was really trying and, and I, I got this revelation about the King James and then I also got that, I don't know, however many, like 10 hours of footage about the Toronto Toronto Blessing Unmasked. You can find it up on the internet, Toronto Blessing Unmasked. A listener of mine, I sent him the tapes in the UK and he, he put it up on the internet. On them slowing down the tongues and reverse back masking and Kenneth Copeland and Kenneth Hagen and Benny Hinn and a lot of those, those devils. That they're not just deceived, they're Satanists. This is, they're literally Luciferian Satanists, these people. The Toronto Blessing and all the weird stuff and the slithering around like snakes on the ground and writhing and, and all the stuff that goes along with the charismatic stuff. Listen, I was there, been it, been there, done it, been in the midst of it, okay? Not judging, saying I've been there, done it, okay? So... I mean, I never slithered around the ground like a snake or anything, but I mean, I've, I've been there and seen all of this firsthand. So these 10 people follow me out. I go to the pastor, show him this stuff. He basically says that, oh, Gail Ripplinger's divisive or something. And um, he tells me, don't let the devil throw me a curveball. And I shook his hands, I looked him in the eye, and I said, I won't. And wasn't, I don't know how many, maybe a year or two later, I don't know, that he got in some kind of sexual scandal and had to move to another state. And, uh, you know, it was bad. It's typical for charismatic type of church. Well, those 10 people came out with me and... and um, I'm not going to say I was their pastor because I've, I've never, ever had a calling to be a pastor. I've never claimed to be a pastor. I just said I was a watchman. 
And um, I took them. We're, we're trying to find a church in the Fort Myers area. And I took them in this church. And it happened to be a, list, a, a, a patient of mine that I didn't know. I, they just said, oh, we're Christians. And yeah, I'm pretty sure. Come check out our church. And, and um, they kind of had a Baptist type of vibe to them. And I thought, well, this will probably be a lot better than than this charismania that we just came out of. So I took all the people there. I probably should have went by myself to start with. Or or at least, I don't know if all 10 were with me, but we, we went there and it was quite a few of us. And I mean, we got in there and the church service started up and it just turned into like chaos right off the bat. The, the women all started coming up front, including the pastor's wife, who was also a... Um, a patient of mine and um they they're just acting insane i mean and i'd already seen insanity in the charismatic church i thought i had seen it well this was even beyond that i mean this was like next level crazy stuff okay and they're just it was insane the the music starting and they're, they're all up there and then <laughs> the next and then the people like the men from the thing are trying to come over and like lay hands on my um the people that i brought with me and praying tongues over them just like this listener minds describing and i'm like oh man what in the world is going on here and the women are up front and the guys are laying hands i mean Totally unbiblical. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 5.22, Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partakers of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. Meaning you can impart demons to another person. If you're laying hands on some person suddenly, and you're not called to do it. They didn't know us from Adam in there. Or they didn't know, they the pastor knew me. Or they didn't try to do it with me. But they did it with some of my people, and I'm like, oh, this is horrible. So I'm watching this freak show going on up front, and the women start getting crazier and crazier. And then they start, like, stacking on one another. <laughs> really, this really happened. From what I can remember, this is ways back. I mean, this is probably, like, 2000 or, oh, man, maybe 1999. And... They start stacking on like this humanity of of women at the front, and and they're all moaning and groaning and and supposedly what they were doing is travailing in the spirit from what I can remember. And they were, I guess I found out later they were trying to birth something in the spirit realm, <laughs> and it it was like they were in travail of childbirth. And then you know that reached a crescendo, and they birthed their you know. 400 pound demon baby in the spirit world i guess i don't know i mean it wasn't god of god that's for sure and, and it was almost like it was for show it was almost like what she was saying it was almost like crying loudly sweeping hand motions jumping jacks totally out of order you're going to see by the bible verses every single bit of what i'm describing to you is 100 if you're in any kind of church where this garbage is going on get out of there i don't have to ask you to pray about it I could show you Bible verses. We'll get into it in a minute. And it'll tell you. You don't yoke up with this kind of garbage. And I... 
afterward went to the pastor and I'm like, well, what? I said, you're doing all the stuff that's not in the Bible. Just like I did to the pastor at the charismatic church I was at. And, you know, lay hands on suddenly unknown man. Everything in the church of God should be done in decency and in order. Um, you know, if all the speaking in unknown tongues, no interpretation, all this stuff going on here. The women acting totally. It wouldn't have been biblical for the men to act that way either, but it was, you know, letting the women do all this stuff in the church this clown show and they basically told me i think if i can remember right yeah they told me to let go and let god and show me that in the bible show me that bible verse because i don't see it i could show you these bible verses that they couldn't refute but this is what happens when you let your heart rule over you and you just let whatever devil come in hey if it feels good do it oh i felt i felt a feeling well the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it and he who trusteth in his own heart is a fool this is why you go by the scriptures you reference the king james bible you be a good berean to study to show yourself approved unto god a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth the Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they sought the things out in Scripture to see if they be so. I'm, I'm paraphrasing some of this stuff, but, okay. The Word of God is our standard. Um, but it's not theirs. And in most churches, it's not. It's not. It's an afterthought. I told her, um, I said, that's totally unbiblical, what they did to you. Now, and then I said the other stuff I said. I said, this is evil and totally out of order. I know the verses about women below are hard, but you experience what happens to a church that strays from biblical guidelines. So these verses are there for a reason. Okay. Um, you already, already said 1 Timothy 5.22, lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other men's sins. What does that mean? Well, what if you do lay hands suddenly on somebody? Well, then you could be partakers of their sins. I think it's a way you can get demon infested or at least be subject to that or maybe even possibly bring some type of curse on yourself. I don't know. It says, keep thyself pure. 1 Corinthians um 1440 let all things be done decently and in order and this is in regard to church when you're in the church of god behavior first corinthians 1427 if any man speak in an unknown tongue let it be by two or at most by three and that by of course let one interpret none of that typically goes on in pentecostal churches or certainly is charismatic it's you know everybody's speaking in tongues at the same time it's all chaos it's not in it's not done decently and in order god is not the author of confusion there's another one it's madness but if there be no interpreter so this is what it says when if there's no interpreter present let him keep silence in the church meaning Unless there's an interpreter, no one should be speaking in tongues in the church. 
you know it's a common tactic of of witches to go into churches these charismatics are the most easy to infiltrate they've even said that in their own writings because they can go in there and put curses all over everybody they speak in demonic tongues and nobody's the wiser typically because there's no discernment there they're doing everything out of order this is how you keep a witch out okay if there be no interpreter let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to god first timothy three fifteen. but if i tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of god again this is regarding behavior in the house of god which is the church of the living god the pillar and the ground of truth now we get into the verses regarding women first timothy 2 9 in like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel not skin tight leggings not mini skirts not skin tight you know blouses showing cleavage modest apparel i mean i go out anymore and it's like you know spandex is like the 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 norm for women to wear i'm like okay wow that's that's real biblical that's not modest apparel adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array what does the word shamefacedness mean a sense of shame or honor modesty bashfulness reverence regard for others respect okay that's what it means in a biblical sense that's straight from strong's um but first uh, timothy 2 10 then says which is a continuation of what we just said well let me let me read the first verse again and then and then so we can segue better in like manner also the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety not with broidered hair braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array but which becometh women professing godliness with good works let the women learn in silence with subjection now this was being put in there so that stuff like what we were just describing at this church the listener told me about that the one i went to and have been to many like that this would prevent that from happening you could say oh this is chauvinistic this is not my rule book this is god's not mine okay so you can get mad at the messenger I'm just telling you, this is what the word of God says. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. Now, what is that word translated from? Well, basically what it also means is quietness. Okay. I don't believe it means that a woman can't utter one word to her husband if she's in church. I just don't think the woman should be up there, you know, preaching or teaching blurting out things stuff like that i don't think men should be you know obviously everything would be done you wouldn't want to do that if a pastor was preaching if you were a man verse 12 but i suffer meaning i permit not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man i mean it doesn't even talk about we, the bible's already settled the whole thing about women pastors 
which I get into in my teaching, What Can Women Do for the Lord? Part one and two. I give you the links to those teachings. That's been out since 2008, February. So we're looking at about 14 years. No one has ever come back and said, I can refute this point by point. No woman or man. I've really got hardly any pushback. I just quote you verses from the Bible. It's not like I'm so smart. I'm just saying this is what the Bible says, guys. I mean, not my rule book, but God's just pointing out what's already in there, you know. Um. Anyway, but I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man. Then we go to 1 Corinthians 14, 33 through 35, which says, For God is not the author of confusion. We just said that one. But as of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So in that context of God is not the author of confusion, it says in the next verse, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience. And I think more in that context, it would be more them speaking or teaching a man or and women, men and women in that context. Okay. They're trying to prevent and head off at the pass. You know, like, oh, I headed it off at the pass, that expression from years ago. This mess that I just described in the charismatic church that I've seen firsthand at the one church I went to for my listeners at the church that my listener just described. That's what this is trying to prevent. Okay. Let your women keep silence in the churches for it is not permitted unto them to speak. They're commanded to be under obedience as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home for it is a shame for a woman to speak in the church. Okay, so I also have a teaching I did because I did mention tongues and it's tongues not essential for salvation and it's at the very end of this link I give here for a teaching I did in uh, 8-17-2014. Okay, it's not the only thing in the teaching, it's at the very end and I have a little section on there and I have also have a pretty good Word doc, Word document on that as well. Okay, so let's switch gears now, and we're going to get into the next report, which we're now we're getting into more of the current events. Newly minted Republican U.S. House Majority Leader and Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy is publicly listed as a member of the World Economic Forum and had dinner with Klaus Schwab, bragged that he had dinner with Klaus Schwab, and spoke at the WEF, the World Economic Forum, with Mitch McConnell's wife. And here I have a picture here that a listener sent me the other day, and it's and it shows a picture of the elephant and the donkey, um, the Republican and uh, Democrat, and it's called the Uniparty, meaning we've got the Democrats and Republicans is really that in name only. It's really the Uniparty, and they're they're literally in the same suit together. It's like a big suit with two head cutouts, and you see the elephant. Uh, Republican and the donkey Democrat, and they're in the same suit, and meaning they're part of the same wicked two-sided coin, as I've said before. And then it has like an alligator lurking the green waters around the swamp around them, and it says the alligator says more money, and you see the word war, and then you see voters, which is a dead fish floating on the surface, and then you see debt, and then you see spending, and then you see tyranny and lies, and all of this goes together. 
our nice little facade of this political system we have. Representative Kevin McCarthy revealed that he had dinner with billionaire Klaus Schwab at the uh, WEF in 2018. And when I say WEF, it's World Economic Forum. During remarks he had made on a panel with Mitch McConnell's wife, Elaine Chow, a shipping heiress of Chinese descent. McCarthy attended the World Economic Forum in Davis, Davos, Switzerland in 2018, the same year that Donald Trump's, the 45th president, Donald Trump, spoke to the elite group of wealthy businessmen, politicians, and journalists. And I've given you all the examples of Trump yoking up with Klaus Schwab, the author of the Fourth Industrial Revolution and the coming Great Reset and the architect of basically the COVID-19 thing that we went through. They're all yoked up together. They're, they're, they're no different. They're all wicked and evil and but they want to give you the illusion that you have a choice. The right-left Coke-Pepsi, right-left paradigm type thing. During a 30-minute panel discussion with Chow, former, formerly Trump's Secretary of Transportation, and Kirsten Nielsen, formerly Trump's Secretary of Homeland Security, McCarthy remarked on having dinner with Schwab during the World Economic Forum, which described what America first means to the audience. Right, yeah, like any of them really care what that means and he he goes on to say as i said around klaus's dinner last night what's interesting is the number of countries who are now talking about their tax system said mccarthy mccarthy is publicly listed as a member of the world economic forum on its own website and the internet archive suggests he has been affiliated with the elite body at least since 2016 well that's why he got to the speaker he's one of them Leading up to this confirmation, Trump doubled down on his support for McCarthy, well, of course, and called for an end to the imposing ongoing speaker showdown in the House, which it's 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 finally you know, took him like some record number of, you know, it's all theater. It's always all theater. There's more theater, you know, um, for us to get focused in on and for us to wring our hands about and for us to have some semblance of hope that, you know, there's some vestige of righteousness left and i'm talking at the uppermost echelons and levels and the senators and these types of things and these types of people a anyway i just wanted to get in that because that was all the news this last week um okay so now we will get switch gears again bombshell new foia documents revealed the covid pandemic was a dod operation dating back to obama a bombshell new report shows the DOD, yes, the Pentagon, controlled the COVID-19 program from the very beginning and everything we were told was a political theater basically to cover, up, cover it up right down to the FDA vaccine approval process. So isn't that nifty? The person that wrote this said, the editor said, the latest on the COVID is that it was planned by the DOD, the Department of Defense, back in 2013 based on contracts. In other words, a war was declared on us. It is being reported now that DOD controlled the COVID program, program from the very beginning. Everything that was laid down was political theater to cover this fact up right down to the falsified FDA vaccine prototype weapons approval, meaning the kill shot. Through an elaborate legal structure run by the DOD, the pharmaceutical cartels and all the medical participants were shielded to protect them from liability. The regulatory do documents, FOIA and SEC disclosure requests and discovery 
None of these COVID vaccines met the standards of good manufacturing practices. Killed all the animals in the trials. They just covered all that up. The deception is incalculable, with the FDA and the CDC also being deceived, especially the rank and file employees. Well, the top level of the FDA and the CDC were totally not. Obviously, they were in on it. But I can see the rank and file employees being duped, sure. The laws of the DOD invoked did not include informed consent and also did not require clinical trials. Under emergency use, all this was covered up. This was an act of war. Profound secrecy to cover up a military event um, because it was a military operation against the public. And, and when Trump brought in Operation Warp Speed, where the military was actually in charge of distributing the vaccines, that was a military action against the people of America to try to force vaccinate as many as possible. And now we're seeing the wonderful fruit of all of that. People dropping dead like flies all the time. We're going to talk about that more today. The National Security Council set the policy for COVID while telling the American people that this was a health event of a naturally occurring virus. The deception is beyond comprehension. So I'm going to play this uh, video here, this shorter video, which kind of gets into this a little bit more. Well, to our top story now, a bombshell new report shows that the Department of Defense, yes, the Pentagon, controlled the COVID-19 program from the very beginning, and everything we were told was political theater, basically to cover it up, right down to the FDA vaccine approval process. It was all theater. That means that human beings were used as props, essentially. According to newly obtained documents, the Pentagon used a combination of shady approval authorizations that are still in use, including the PREP Act, the Emergency Use Authorization, and other transaction authority, the OTA, all of which shielded big pharma agencies, medical participants that delivered unregulated vaccines from any liability and protected them, basically. We've gone through a lot of these documents and just showed how they are not on the hook for any of this liability. These documents, these new documents, were obtained by a former executive of a pharmaceutical contract research organization. That person is Sasha Lydapova, and Sasha joins us now to tell us what she's uncovered. Thank you so much for coming on, this, on the show, Sasha. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. This is intense. I mean, when you first uncovered these documents, did your jaw just hit the floor or did you know that this is what you were going to find based on the breadcrumbs you were already uncovering? Uh, well, I, yeah, I, I, I was really shocked. I was working on this for quite some time. Uh, so I first, my first finding was that these products were not uh, good manufacturing practice compliant. And that I found right away when they started being rolled out due to extreme variability of adverse events and deaths that were reported per each lot of the of the so-called vaccine. So that was very shocking to me as a pharmaceutical um, uh, professional because we know how uh, high quality uh, pharmaceuticals typically must be manufactured. You know, they have to be very, very consistent. There should be uh, practically no variation lot to lot in terms of uh, toxicities or, or any other uh, performance characteristics. And these products were varying about thousand times lot to lot. So uh, that was extremely concerning. And uh, I didn't realize why that was happening, but I just knew that they were not good manufacturing practice compliant. I later confirmed that through regulatory documents. And then the final piece of the puzzle was when I 
was able to see all these contracts from the DOD. They were released uh, based on freedom of information requests and also Securities and Exchange Commission disclosures. And uh, when I saw those contracts, there were around 400 that are now available for all COVID, so-called COVID countermeasures, including vaccines. Um, I realized that was really what was going on. Uh, the Department of Defense uh, used a very um, shady contracting practices and also used several uh, laws that were put in place previously, previous to COVID, to, uh, to do this, to shield pharmaceutical companies, to not conduct you know, proper clinical trials, uh, to do a lot of uh, fraudulent, I would say, manipulations of public perception, um, and all in collusion, obviously, with mainstream media and these pharma companies. And so as a result, we have this theatrical performance called uh, clinical trials, but they were actually not real. They, were, they did not, um, you know, based on the laws that are used here and invoked in this process, the clinical trials are not required at all. Uh, and, and in fact, they cannot be conducted. I mean, that's one of, there's many, there's many really troubling parts of the story. We'll, we'll, we'll unpack a few of them. But that one stands out to me, perhaps at the top of the list, is the theatrics that were put in place for these trials. So there were human beings, in many ways, being used as props to paint the veneer that they were somehow going through deep trials to make sure that we were all safe with these vaccines. And you have, I know there was, a, for instance, a 13-year-old girl. Uh, they, in fact, had an ad. The Va Vaccine uh, Safety Council had put out an ad that was going to run during the Super Bowl. Then it was yanked by Comcast. They wouldn't allow it to air, which shows a perfectly healthy 13-year-old girl who went through this particular trial and then ended up having all sorts of adverse events. So these people they were... were sho they're showing the actual ad in the background, and it's horrific. Like, what the state that this girl is in now i mean it's like horrific used as props essentially right yes exactly and so the the clinical trial subjects were deceived uh, and but importantly most of the clinical trial sites and investigators were also deceived and most of the fda employees were deceived because this um particular scam is driven from the top. Only few people, as far as I understand, at the top of these organizations, <clears throat> the Department of Defense, um, HHS, FDA, BARDA, um, their legal uh, counsels, they know, but then the rest of the regular employees and rank and file, and especially clinical trial subjects, of course, were kept in the dark. And in fact, under Obama Administration Cures Act, um, amended, I believe, the uh, emergency use authorization, or the, not the emergency, the, the uh, informed consent requirements, such that subjects don't have to be necessarily informed of what's going on if it's deemed not in their best interest. And so, again, through, uh, you know, it's too long to go into the legal history. There is very extensive research, uh, hundreds of pages of documents on legal history of this, but the, the laws that they're invoking to run this program do not require informed consent uh, and also do not require the clinical trials. So the people, and they're not I'm sorry, this is un unbelievable. So the people involved in these trials, they don't need to be informed about what is happening? Yes, exactly. So the, the informed consent rules have been amended under Obama to say that if it's not 
in the best interest of the subject. Who decides if it <laughs> if it is or it isn't? Well, Satan decides, of course. But that's what it says. So you know, this these types of things can be concealed from people. That this this actually under um, <clears throat> under emergency use authorization used during public health emergency. This is very critical. That's why they keep extending public health emergency beyond any. In, we don't have any emergency, but they keep extending it. Why? Because they need this. Under public health emergency, emergency use authorized uh, these kinds of medications, countermeasures. That's a, that's a key word. These are not vaccines, they're countermeasures. So all these three together, they can use it this way. They don't have to inform the subjects what it is. They can use a lot of secrecy. They don't have to run clinical trials. They're not required because these products cannot be investigational products. That's what the law says. If so that it goes on for a little bit. I, that's the gist of what I wanted you to be aware of, though. I mean, that just total, total insanity. Uh, there's another link to another report breaking uh, DOD control of COVID vaccines. Um, they controlled them from the start under national security program, lied the entire time. They were never safe and effective. If you want to know even more, I give you another link there in the PDF. Um, Next report, Australian police announced counterterrorism teams will be mon... And I, I touched on this, oh, last study or the study before that, but this is a little bit more in depth here. Okay, let me start over. Australian police announced counterterrorism teams will be monitoring anti-vax conspiracy theorists. They are also encouraging Australians to report anyone who engages in what they deem as conspiracy theories to contact police directly or crime stoppers. Okay, they're the ones committing the crimes. So obviously, because the fox is guarding the hen house, then they're gonna they're going to lump anybody who is going to expose them as is is the real criminals. Obviously, this is how a Luciferian system would work. They advise they will be looking at all social media material for conspiracy theories being posted and who is looking at those sites as well and where those people are located with a plan to go speak to them. Okay, so here's the video. Good evening, everyone. It's uh, terrible that I have to come to you with this message right before Christmas, but I think it's important to share it. And I didn't want to just share the footage without actually speaking to this video. Uh, what I'm about to show you is Australian police talking about counter-terrorism teams monitoring anti-vax conspiracy theorists who show concerning behaviour, which they regard conspiracy theories as. They also are encouraging Australians to uh, to report anyone who engages in what they deem as conspiracy theories to contact police directly or contact crime stoppers. They've also said they'll be looking at all social media material for any sort of conspiracy theories being posted, who is looking at those sites, where those people are located, and uh, they have a plan to go and speak to them. Take a look <clears throat> at this. We've got other specialist teams involved, like our COVID online team, uh, evidence extraction experts, our forensic police. We also have involved our security and counterterrorism teams. And the reason that they're involved is that they are uh, skilled at looking at um, motivation between, uh, motivation of why people do things like we saw last Monday. So they're skilled at looking at things like religiously motivated extremism, ideological motivated extremism, mm. issue motivated extremism, grievance fueled violence, and even pathological fueled violence. So they're assisting the investigation centre and the ethical standards 
Come on. This is their satanic mouthpiece slash police chief giving us this morality lesson. Of course, of course, uh, and right across the country. I mean, my part of my role is in counterterrorism, and um, and and we meet uh, nationally uh, with because we're terrorists because we're putting out truth. We're just putting out what's widely available for anybody that you know can search the internet out and find the facts. But that makes us a terrorist. New Zealand Counterterrorism Committee and discuss these issues uh, regularly. So we do um, investigate and monitor people who sh demonstrate and we know show concerning behaviour. Uh, look, that hasn't been reported to me, but that's not uncommon. Uh, and, and we welcome that information. As, as I said before, if, if there's anybody out there that knows of someone that might be showing concerning behaviour <laughs> around you know, conspiracy <laughs> theories, anti-government... And the fact that there's not, you know thousands of people here protesting this lie or, or at least showed up afterward gives them the green light to go forward with their satanic agenda if there's no public outcry that's what they're searching for police um conspiracy theories around COVID -19. now i'm not saying there was no public outcry i'm just saying that <laughs> this needs to be resisted a whole lot more than it is being resisted and i don't, I don't mean just in australia but everywhere as what we're seeing with the train family, we'd want to know about. We want to know about that, uh, and you can either contact police directly or, or go through Crime Stoppers. But we, we are certainly not classing it as a domestic terror event um, at this point. There's nothing really to indicate that. Uh, what we can see is uh, sentiment displayed by the three individuals, the three train family members, that appears anti-government anti-police oh, um, i wonder why they'd be anti-government or anti-police with all the tyranny that in particular the australian government imposed on its citizenship i i can't imagine why anyone would feel that way down there down under conspiracy theorist type things but we can't see them connected to any particular uh group that they might have been working with or uh, inspired them to do anything we haven't like had anything like that at this point in time no they just had a functioning brain and they were able to figure out your wickedness because it was like you know a 900 pound gorilla in the room and they just had to have a functioning happen have functioning brains where they could figure that out that makes them a terrorist though that makes them a criminal so that's exactly what we do do so uh in all of the social media postings we'll be looking at uh, who are the other people posting material? Who are the people that own those sites? Uh, where are they located? Um, and, and then we'll go and speak to them. Uh-huh, yeah. They're found to have um, motivated the trains to commit something like this and possibly to charge that person. Uh, look, that's a hypothetical question. We haven't found anything of that nature. But um, if we were to find information that, yes, law enforcement agencies across the world work together uh, to undertake um, security and counterterrorism investigations, and that happens all the time. So we will uh, work with other agencies if there was any information like that, but at this stage we don't have anything that would suggest that. Now, we all saw how the tragic event that happened in Queensland recently has been weaponised or used as a weapon against people that dare say that they disagree with the government. May I remind Australians and may I remind the government 
that you are reportedly elected officials. Public servants are reportedly serving the public. That's what your wages are for. That's what people's taxes pay you to do. Serve the public. And as part of serving the public, you are required to answer to people's genuine concerns, which, by the way, are rising. More and more people are starting to speak up about the dangers of these injections. So the very people that you're calling anti-vaxxers, I'm surprised that Dr. Karen Phelps hasn't been labelled with that. There are plenty of people that out there that say that I'm vax injured. I have never been anti-vaccine. I'm not anti-vax now. And yet... This particular injection hurt me and the mainstream media plasters all over the place that those people are anti-vaxxers. Why didn't we get the same response for Karen Phelps? Why didn't we get the same response for the ABC reporter that came out recently about her vax injury? Is it only people that aren't part of mainstream media or on the payroll that are allowed to talk about vaccine injuries? They're not terrorists. They're not dangerous. They're not misinformation spreaders. This is absolute hogwash. It's wrong. It is wrong to label innocent people who are withstanding a medical experiment as, as potential terrorists. The people will not stand for this. And the same people who have not responded violently up until now, up until now when the government has been violent against them, have no intention of responding violently. They've been peaceful, knowing that the excess mortality in rate in Australia that's non-COVID related must be related to something else that we've been doing en masse. I won't stand for this. I won't stand for this labelling and I won't stand for Australians being labelled in this manner. These are fear tactics and they're wrong. And people can see straight through them. And again, I will remind them that their wages are paid by us so we are well within our rights to ask questions of them like why haven't you done anything about all of the data that's come out to prove these injections are harmful why haven't you done anything about the public health officials who persistently said these are safe and effective these are safe and effective when they are not why aren't they being held accountable now these lies are disgusting the australian people will not stand for it and we will continue to fight this peacefully, lawfully, and seek justice for the crimes that have been committed against us. I do not fear these people because I have done nothing wrong and the majority of people represented in, the, in this community of truth, not conspiracy theory, but fact, have done nothing wrong. Amen. Now, in the meantime, for everyone watching this, I am working on a solution. I said this recently in Telegram, a communication solution, and I hope to have an answer for everyone on that and more information on that very, very soon. But in the meantime, do not fear. You are not a criminal. You have not done anything wrong. But I have been warning this is coming for some time, and I'm not surprised to see it. I'm just surprised to see what they used in order to bring it. Okay, so we have that one. Uh, just horrific. Uh, next report, former chief science officer at Pfizer, Dr. Michael Yearden says, quote, the criminal actions of big pharma and of global governments are massive. Okay, this is the former chief science officer at Pfizer. 
Dear colleagues and supporters, we declare that Pfizer, Moderna, BioNTech, Janssen and AstraZeneca and their enablers willfully withheld and omitted crucial safety and effectiveness information from patients and physicians and should be immediately indicted for fraud. We know that shortly after administration of these products, thousands of people have died. And although correlation isn't causation, reasonable criterion have been applied to examine the relationship between injections and the events, and is absolutely clear cut that these are the cause of death. Mechanistically, the design of these products was knowingly deficient in a number of ways. First, they caused the expression in the human body of toxic virus spike protein. Unlike what they told us that it would stay in the injection site, they distribute widely around the body. There is no built-in limit to the amount of toxic spike protein that can be made or for how long it is made. And that's the cause of the toxicity. Turning to the clinical trials, there is evidence of questionable practices all around. For example, several of the studies were clearly unblinded while they were ongoing. And also, in a number of cases, subjects were removed from the database prior to statistical analysis in a way that is suggestive of fraud. We were given blanket assurances time and again by all of the companies about the benign safety profile of their products, even as the products rolled out and in the earliest weeks they must have known this was not true. It appears that these products provide little or no protection from the virus that they sought to protect us from. Mm. Yeah. And finally, they cannot claim lack of anticipatory knowledge because the companies and the FDA knew that products of this type would produce many toxicities. Okay, so again, the report we had before, they, they they were planning this, you know, since, what, 2013? And it goes back before that. I, I you know, the DOD Pentagon, but that it precedes that. This was, this was something they've been planning a long time to implement. Okay, now I didn't discuss this last week. I kind of wanted to, but uh, this is the first week I've had to discuss this. It's the whole NFL Monday night disaster. Millions watch players suddenly collapse mid-game. Collapsed football player, was he brain dead? Uh, they say he's recovered now or to a certain extent, eh, whatever. NFL player, DeMar Hamlin was COVID-vaxxed. The whole Buffalo's Bill team boasted of being 100% COVID kill shot jabbed. So he had to be vaxxed. So I'm going to go ahead and play this video here. You all know what the big story is today. Last night on national television with more than 10 million people watching Monday Night Football, Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin collapsed suddenly on the field after a routine tackle. The hit itself was innocuous. Our thoughts and prayers, of course, are with Hamlin and his family. We pray that he makes a full recovery, although be it, it seems unlikely. Now, the rest of the mainstream and cable news broadcast networks will not show you this footage. It's been completely whitewashed and stripped from all of television. I mean, it, and I, I will say, it really almost does look staged, okay? And that wouldn't surprise me either. Because you've got 
all these thousands of athletes that have dropped dead on the field. And this is on Monday Night Football. And this is happening. And it could have been that they did this. If this guy does come back, I'm not saying he's going to, but if he does, then it would be, it would show you that, listen, this whole thing about all these news anchors and all these entertainers and all these athletes dropping dead. There's no truth. Look, here's a guy that came back. It, it, it did look like he went down in a staged way to me. Now, maybe that's not the case. I'm just saying, if it is, understand that would have been the reason so that they can say, oh, well, listen, this was, this was just, it had nothing to do with the COVID kill shot. It was that some freak thing that happened and this wasn't what you thought and, and just go back to sleep type of thing. So I'm leaving options for both scenarios is all I'm saying before we get into this any further. They say that the footage of him collapsing is too shocking and graphic, which are the exact reasons why we will show it to you. This is only just the beginning. Now, Hamlin needed CPR on the field of play and was loaded onto an ambulance right there on the field and taken to the local hospital. The game itself was stopped immediately and left unfinished. As of now, thankfully, Hamlin has survived. But you know what everyone is thinking right now. Yet another athlete collapsed on the field of play. Like we've seen recently happen over and over again in high school and in college and in minor leagues around the world. Now, we don't know for sure if Hamlin was vaccinated, yeah, but the do. overwhelming majority, over 95% of players and coaches were, so it's likely yeah. that he was. But the Bills the bills boasted prior to any of this, the whole team was 100% vaccinated, okay, and he's on the team. So he didn't, he didn't know that at the time of, of this, when he went to air. This was like the next day. You know what's been going on recently, and so do we. DeMar Hamlin isn't the first athlete to suddenly collapse on the field over the past two years. Dozens of athletes in the prime of their lives, at the peak of their physical condition, have been collapsing. No, it's hundreds, it's thousands. Okay. Some have been dying. All of this, after a bioweapon shot that we know with absolute certainty is causing myocarditis and other heart issues in healthy young people who receive it. Speaking of which, Hamlin wasn't the only NFL player to collapse in the past few days. Retired NFL player Uche Nwari also collapsed and died at his home on December 30th. Yeah. He was just 38 years yes. old. Now, we know that Uche was vaccinated because he once called for the unvaxxed to be imprisoned. <laughs> and now he's there dead you go. of random heart failure. Wow. Yeah, he, Jacksonville Jaguars are showing a picture of him in the background. The other factors that we don't know about. We can't say with 100% certainty that either of these incidents was from the jab. But do not let the media gaslight you into believing that athletes dropping dead is just something normal and routine. It's not. It never has been. Not until the last couple of years, anyways. We'll have a lot more on this story of DeMar Hamlin in the days to come. Meanwhile, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has promised an investigation into Big Pharma for the harms caused by their bioweapon injections. What our next guest wants to know, though, is why one Florida law that already exists isn't being used. 
Florida law, chapter 790, section 166, quote, anybody who manufactures, possesses, sells, delivers, sends, mails, displays, uses, threatens to use, attempts to use, or conspires to use a biological weapon commits a capital crime punishable by life in prison or by the death penalty. Karen Kingston noticed this section of Florida law, and she's been writing about it on her substack. She joins us now to discuss this more. Karen, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me, Stu. And yeah, my heart goes out to um, Tamar Hamlin's family as well. And, you know, we as mothers can no longer sit around and just wait uh, for their to be for our children to be protected, whether it's our children because they're babies or it's our 24 year old professional football player. And just because the governor, you know, with all due respect, is showing up and doing a 12 to 18 month investigation, that is not enough. Again, it's like the fox guarding the hen house, though. I've done whole, all tons of teachings on DeSantis. I think he's going to probably one of the be one of the main white hats that they will use and are using to give us all a warm and fuzzy, cozy sense of, oh, he's a righteous guy. He's doing something about this. I got into the evil stuff he did during the COVID pandemic. I... I exposed him at every turn. I'm not saying he hasn't done any good. I'm not saying that. Trump, in his first two years, seemingly did some good. Okay? Um, this reminds me very much of more like the first two years of Trump. But at the end of the day, is anything going to really become of, of these, in, quote, investigations? Isn't it weird how... All this stuff is always ongoing. Now it's the Biden, these papers. Oh, it's all this stuff. If they did get Biden out of there, it was because he's he's used up his youth, youth, youthful, yeah, usefulness. He's exhaust. His expiration date hit. Okay, creepy, creepy Joe, the child molester. His expiration passed. We we can't. We we want to move on to greener pastures. We'll put some other devil in there to take his place i I don't think that's going to happen but it gives the people on the right this sense that oh desantis is fighting oh um they're going to get biden out of there there is this spark of 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 goodness left at high level political realms with all the these devils at the top and i don't see the remedy being there i could see god judging this wickedness and God intervening, and that's only going to happen really through prayer and fasting in the body of Christ, crying out to God. And then I'll obviously, I'm really big, obviously, on educating others and being proactive and these types of things as well. But I don't personally anticipate if if anything supposedly did happen with DeSantis, possibly it would be just to further promote him as a white hat and in the fu- the future whenever they do so choose to use him that will be their boy their representative to go forth i, I think trump's his expiration dates passed as well he's done too much damage he's been too flippant he's been you know he's his own worst enemy really most of the time so I'm I'm leery about anything at high political levels. He he's the scroll and key member at Yale. Okay, you got the skull and bonesers, 
And then you got the other two at Yale, the other two secret societies. He's scrolling key. Okay? He's one of the boys, guys. He is. I've got a whole file on him, too. So I don't trust him either. To take these bioweapons out of all communities without, throughout the state of Florida because they are bioweapons. And, and I don't want people to be um, thinking that's hyperbolic. The definition of a bioweapon is a little bit di different under Florida state law, but it's still very similar. It simply means that it is a biological, toxic, or delivery device that serves no benefit uh, for prevention of a disease or prevention of an infection, and that it, uh, it wasn't done under bona fide research. Yeah, and we don't have a disease or a viral infection here. We have a genetic sequence that is meant to kill people. You have you have actually genetic editing technology that's in a nanotechnology that was developed by DARPA as as a bioweapon, and, and we can, we can talk about that. But under but under Florida law, they go they actually do go further. They set the standard higher than federal law, which is that it has to actually um, cause injury, disease, disabilities, and death. And, and so we just witnessed that last night. And so Governor DeSantis' number one mission is to ensure the safety of every resident in the state of Florida and every child in the state of Florida. So so a weapon, so it's not a bioweapon either. It's called a weapon of mass destruction under section 790 of the Florida law. And it says any biological agent, toxin, vector, or delivery system. And so in this case, it would be, you would categorize the injections as a toxin. And, and the reason why you, and, and also a biological agent, but the toxin is because it can be a recombinant molecule. So that means, and it can be biology and technology. So it can be the nanoparticle technology, technology the lipid nanoparticles that are used in the injections. So we, we're meeting the definition of a bioweapon. Now you also have to show um, cause. So you, know, you can't just say this is a bioweapon and you, know, just, you can't just scream fire. You have to show this the residents of Florida. People have to come forward and say, yes, my spouse was injured or my daughter was injured or um, I lost my baby or my baby died two days after. You have to you have to provide those those testimonies. You can also get that data. And Surgeon General Ladapo knows this through the um, ICD-10 and ICD-9 databases, the diagnostic codes. Right. So they can search by who was vaccinated or you know injected with this bioweapon and, and search thousands, thousands of diagnostic codes from visits to ER, to neurological problems, to heart attacks, you know, and, and, you're, and he's gonna find hundreds of thousands of these incidences. So that's more than enough evidence. Now here's where the law gets tricky. It states in section seven that it does not apply to any member of the armed forces of the United States, to any agency or private entity who is contracted with them or any federal or state agency. So if you're contracted to develop a bioweapon, then the Attorney General of Florida basically can't charge you with a crime of developing a bioweapon or a weapon of mass destruction. And it goes on in the law, I think it was um, modified in 2012 or 2014, to say even those covered persons under the EUA law. So if you're covered as a emergency service employee, you also cannot be charged as long as you are lawfully engaged in, um, in, in something that's lawful, basically. So it's not illegal. Now, here's the kicker, Stu. I know and it's very confusing, but this is why people are getting confused. The DOD signed a contract with Pfizer not to develop a bioweapon. The contract clearly states you're to develop a vaccine, a new type of vaccine to counteract SARS-CoV-2. And it goes on to state in the contract multiple times, as well as under EUA law, 
that the authorization and the approval of this vaccine is done independent of the military. So they were not contracted to develop a bioweapon. And here's where, because who, who do we go after? Who do we attribute this to? Pfizer was supposed to make sure this was safe and effective. We know on October um, 22nd that they had that meeting. They saw the serious adverse events that was in violation of Section I think it's 314.29. You can't put people at unnecessary risk for harm. Uh, we know they said 100 children had serious adverse events, yet they still went forward with the authorization. So they in the initial new drug application, they violated all these laws. And those laws are not covered by the military contract. And I, I want to... Okay, so she goes on a little bit more, but yeah, it's... There's loopholes, and again, I don't, I don't expect a whole lot from this, from DeSantis. Um, it makes him look good, like he's trying. He's part of the crew. He's part of the team. He's part of that uniparty. And, <laughs> you know, they want to make you feel warm and fuzzy. They want to appease you. So, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I'm not holding out for a whole lot on that. Next report, during Tuesday's broadcast on Fox News, Tucker Carlson tonight, the top cardiologist explained that top athletes like this DeMar Hamlin, who was the one that collapsed in the Monday Night Football game, are regularly screened for underlying heart issues. He continued to say after watching the play that took place just moments before Hamlin collapsed that it looked like a primary cardiac arrest. Cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough discusses his findings with Tucker Carlson on the disturbing trend of more young athletes collapsing on the field with heart, heart issues than ever before. Getting to what may have caused the incident, uh, the doctor noted the leading concern is vaccine-induced myocarditis. If indeed he's taken the vaccine, and we know he has. Later, Dr. McCullough told Tucker, the FDA says the vaccines cause myocarditis and heart damage. The autopsy shows it, this can be and that it, this is fatal. The same is true. Now, autopsies show, not his autopsy, because he supposedly is still alive. The same is true for blood clots and neurologic damage. Our agencies should be protecting the health of Americans, and safety should be job, and that safety, protecting the health of Americans and safety is job one. I'm disappointed that they're minimizing it. On Twitter, the doctor posted an image from a recent paper showing a sharp increase in deadly cardiac arrests in athletes since 2021, since the kill shot. This recent paper from Dr. Polly Cretis and myself gets the sharp rise in athlete deaths into PubMed, into PubMed, one of their main medical journals. Since COVID, since the COVID-19 vaccination, 1,598 athletes suffered cardiac arrest, 1,001 of them of which had a deadly outcome, meaning they died, okay, over a prior 38 years, from 1966 to 2004, 1,001 athletes um, died that were below 35. So, in, in other words, since the COVID-19 vaccination, which was basically January of 2021, or really mid-December of, I guess you could say, uh, 2020, um, they are they're saying that 1598 athletes suffered cardiac arrest okay and a thousand and one of them died and that's just since that's like in the last i don't know a couple years but if you go back over the prior 38 years 
and this is actually this is I don't know why it ends so short but it's 1966 to 2004 you had the same number of athletes dying below the age of 35 which is a thousand and one okay so 38 years you only had a 1100 athletes dying essentially from cardiac arrest but miraculously since the COVID kill shot essentially in the last couple years you've had the same number die hmm what's changed oh the COVID kill shot yeah and they're not even getting all the all the the deaths I'm I'm, I'm sure of that um, okay I'm gonna have to stop here because I'm, I'm totally out of time and I can't get to this next section quick enough so I am gonna stop here and we will see you in part two